All right, well, we are going to get into uh, this new series on Sabbath rest. We're going to spend four weeks in the fourth commandment, Exodus 20. And we're going to go a lot of different places, but that's going to be our foundational text. And here's what that's going to look like. Today, we're going to start with why rest? Like, why does, why does God care about rest? Why should we care about rest? Why are we doing a whole series on rest? So we're going to start with that today. Next week, we're going to talk about what the real meaning of rest is and dig into the Sabbath and what that means biblically. And then the last two weeks, we're going to spend some time talking about the how. And so how do we set up rhythms in our life where we actually can live this out functionally, not just over these next four, four weeks, but uh, the rest of this year and the rest of our lives. And so that's briefly where we're headed. And so the first thing is, is why rest? And the first thing we see, even from this text that Julian read just a bit ago, is rest is really important to God. It's a commandment, not a suggestion. I don't know if you caught that. It's part of the, the Ten Commandments that we should not work, that we should rest and keep a Sabbath. But it's not just in the Old Testament. If you go on to read the New Testament, a book like Hebrews is filled with themes of rest. In the New Testament, Jesus is called the Lord of the Sabbath, that he talks about what it means to rest. And so the first reason why rest, it's because God says it's really important. We say that all throughout Scripture. The second reason of why rest is we don't know how to do it, right? I mean, we don't know how to rest. If you look at our culture today, I think we are more busy, more distracted than ever in history, right? I was just thinking about it as I prepared for this series, that as I looked for books on rest, it was hard to find them. Now, I could find books on how to do better, how to be more, how to build a platform to, to let everybody know of how you're doing better and, and being, becoming more. I found lots of books on that, even Christian books, but honestly, it was hard for me to find books on Sabbath rest. I had to dig a little bit to find one. And I think that highlights something in our culture. We don't know how to do this. And I know some of you are thinking, well, Tim, you, you don't know my leisure time. I, I mean, I know how to rest. Like, I hit up Disneyland a few times a year. Like, I got a couple shows right now on Netflix that I'm binge watching as we speak. Right? Tonight, that's what I'm going to do. I know how to rest. Well, we're going to talk about that next week, what rest really means. But I can just tell you this, it doesn't mean that. God has a greater concept of rest than we do. Most of us don't know how to rest. And so the reality is, is many of us in our culture, many of us in this room are stressed or overwhelmed or empty. Anybody feel that way this morning? You feel stressed? You feel like you're running on empty? Maybe you even said that recently. Like, if I could just stop and fill up the tank. Like, when's it going to stop? We're almost to the end of the semester, students. You ever felt like, man, I'm stressed with these finals, I'm overwhelmed, running on empty parents, friends. You ever felt like, I'm stressed. Maybe some of you walk in here today, you're overwhelmed and living on empty. And so we need to talk about how to rest because we don't know how to do it. God says it's important, and we're not doing a great job of fulfilling that importance in our lives. And so we're going to dive into that. Do that with me. Grab a Bible. If you didn't bring one, uh, you can grab one next to you. I want you to see God's word for yourself. Uh, grab a Bible around you. Uh, look up on your app, Exodus 20. Follow along on the screen. Always want you to see God's words. But here's our first point of why we rest. It's God made us to rest. 
God made us to rest. We see it in these few, first few verses. God lays out a rhythm for our lives, and the two basics are work and rest. Look at verse 9 with me. It says, six days you shall labor. It says again, do all your work. And so I have to preface this a little bit. We're going to talk a lot about rest over the next few weeks, but, but God is not promoting laziness. Uh, God is not promoting slothful inactivity. What's the rhythm? It's work and then rest. You shall labor, you shall do all your work, and then you should rest. So some of you are quietly excited about this series, thinking, man, I'm going to have an excuse now to parlay this series into quitting my job into taking some more naps, right, into playing some more video games. Like, thank you, pastor, for bringing that into my life. I'm going to go home and tell my wife that today. We can rest. Listen, don't miss this. Work is a good thing. Like, the very first thing he says is six days you shall labor, do all your work, and then you rest. And so you need to work. Right, if your action step that you take away from this is quit your job, you didn't get that from me. Don't blame that on me, just FYI. Work is good, but what we see in verse 10, look at that verse, there should be a rhythm of rest amidst our work. Look at the text, six days we work, verse 10, but the seventh day is a Sabbath. You shall not do any work. And notice, it says, neither should anyone you know. So your son, your daughter, your servants, your livestock, your animals, it says sojourners, that's the people that were just traveling through a city. They shouldn't do any work either. And so rest, Sabbath rest, applies to us all. This rhythm of work and then rest, that applies to everyone. Now, as we look at that, notice how specific he is. We get son, daughter, servants, livestock, and sojourners. Why say all that? Why be so specific? Why not just say everybody should rest? Listen, because God knows how good we are at finding the exception to the rule. Right? Like some of you are thinking right now, like, okay, Tim, a series on rest, that's easy for you to say. You're a pastor. You just work on the weekends, right? Some of you are thinking that. It's okay. We can talk later. Some of you are thinking like, Tim, maybe this applies to some people, but, but not right now, not during finals week, uh, not at this stage of my career as I, as I try to grab this promotion, not as a parent of three. I mean, when the kids graduate from high school, then I will rest. I mean, when I finish this tough time at work, I mean, then I will rest. Like, Tim, this isn't really practical for me. And see, when we do that, and if you're doing that right now, God is pointing out to you, no, 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 you're not the exception to the rule. No, it's everybody you know. It's you, your son, your daughter, servant, animals, people traveling through. This applies to everybody, no matter your profession, no matter your stage of life. This is not a suggestion. It's a command to rest. God lays out that rhythm for us. We are made to rest. And so if that's the case, if we're made to rest, if it's wired into the very fabric of our being, what happens when we don't? Well, we don't have to wonder, right? We don't have to wonder what happens when we don't rest. We see it all the time in our culture today. Two in five adults report overeating or eating unhealthy foods in the last month due to stress. I read an article in Time Magazine this week that Americans spend an estimated $41 billion on sleeping pills and other sleep aids. Same article, it talked about lack of rest causes chronic inflammation, 
which can contribute to many other conditions, including some cancers, cognitive decline, we can't think as well, we can't process as well, heart disease, type 2 diabetes, even chronic pain. You see, many of us, listen, this is really a big deal to God, it should be a really big deal to you, because many of us are killing ourselves because we're disobeying the fourth commandment. We're killing ourselves. Anybody see that happening in our culture? I mean, we're, we're killing ourselves mentally. We can't, we can't think because we're so distracted, because we're so busy, because we never unplug. We're killing ourselves mentally. We're killing ourselves physically. That you were designed to rest. Your body needs rest. And we have statistic upon statistic that tells us that. That it's the contributing factor for all these diseases, for all these problems physically. Listen, we are broken spiritually because we are disregarding the fourth commandment. We don't have time to set aside space to worship God. We spend so much time filling our minds with knowledge and busyness and to-do lists. We're thinking about ourselves. We're thinking about our projects. But we're not stopping to think about and consider that God created us, that God is sustaining us, that we don't make things happen. That God is making things happen. And so this is destroying us mentally, physically, spiritually. All you have to do is look around and read some, a few stats. And by the way, I did that. I pulled up a lot of articles on this and lack of rest and the implications of that. And to be honest, it was kind of creepy because the next few days, Facebook and Google were just trying to sell me sleeping pills, right? Which is kind of creepy. Like, how do they know that? Uh, they were trying to give me hotlines of, like, people to call, and I'm just like, okay, well, I need to stop researching that now. I have enough articles. But, listen, that's kind of creepy, but that's also kind of sad because what our culture is telling us is there is something wrong with you. You just need to medicate it. And, listen, there is a proper time for medication. Listen, some of you are on that, and, and it's, it's appropriate, right? But there's something deeper going on. There's something deeper that's broken in our heart, in our soul, because we don't rest, right? And so we don't just need a hotline. We don't just need a pill. No, we need the God of the universe to intervene and teach us how to rest, and we're in luck because that's exactly what God does. The crazy thing is I looked at all this research is that we can't even claim productivity in the name of busyness and distraction. We're not getting more done because we're not resting. Again, another stat for you, the World Health Organization came out with this one, that businesses lose an estimated $300 billion in productivity each year due to stress. You see what that means? That we are killing ourselves, and it's pointless. Some of you are running yourself into the ground. Work, family, the soccer practice, the parties, everything else. You're running yourself into the ground, and you think, you think, like, this is how we do it. Like, this is how we get ahead. And not just in the world, but in church. Like, man, God, if I could just do more and be more, and you think, maybe, God, you will accept me, and we're running ourselves into the ground. And what this stat is telling us is it's not even helping. 
We're destroying ourselves, and it's pointless. Listen, that's where we are as a society today. Just look around. That's why I believe this is maybe the most important series we've ever done, the most relevant, practical series we've ever done, because I believe in our culture, in my own life, I can testify to this, I'm more busy, more distracted than ever before. It's destroying us, and it's not even helping anything. We're not more productive because of this. Why do you think that is? Why aren't we more efficient because we don't rest? Why aren't we more efficient as we learn how to multitask a hundred different things? Because God made us to rest. Because God set up a rhythm of work and then rest. God didn't set up a rhythm of work, 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 kill yourself, work, and then die. That's not the rhythm. God set up a rhythm for us to rest. It's wired in us. And so it's not going to work if we don't follow God's commands. Crazy thing. God created all this. He set it up. We follow him. We don't go off our own way and create something else. When we do that, it's sin, it's rebellion, and it always leads to death. And so we're having so many issues because we have disregarded this commandment that God made us to rest. Even if you're here and you're not a believer and you say, Tim, well, that's great, Ten Commandments. I don't know if I buy into this religious thing. I'm not sure what I believe about Old Testament, New Testament, Bible, Jesus, all those things. Listen, I love that you're here. I hope you go on a journey to read scripture and read text even like this and see what God has to say about your life. But even if you just look at creation, you can see that God made us to rest. Like he turned off the lights You ever think about that? God created light, he created day, and then he turned the lights off and created night. To literally show us, point it out, to make it obvious, you should stop. (laughs) You should stop. You can't do certain things in the dark. Stop. Rest. Even if you're here and you're not a believer, you can look at the rhythms of creation, sun up, sun down. There's a rhythm of rest. Now, We believe as as Christians that God is behind all that. That's not happenstance. And I believe if you thought through that more logically, you would never believe it was happenstance either. That God created this. He made us to rest. And we need to pay attention. We need to pay attention to the fourth commandment. Many of us don't. And so why do we need to rest? God made us to rest. And if we don't, will destroy ourselves and everyone around us. It's a big, big deal. The second reason why we need to rest is God models rest. Look at the text again with me. Exodus 20, the first part of 11, says this, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and he rested on the seventh day. And so it's referring us back to the creation account in Genesis chapter 2. God has created everything in Genesis chapter 1. We get to Genesis 2 and we read this. It says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God finished his work, all that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, all that he had done. And so here's what you need to know about the character of God. The character of God is that he is omnipotent. That means he's all-powerful. We see that in the creation account, that God is creator. He spoke everything into being by the power of his word. 
So God is all-powerful, God is creator, and God is sustainer of all things. And so why does God rest? Psalm 121 says that God doesn't sleep or slumber. One of my favorite verses, God doesn't take naps. He's fully aware, fully cognitive of of everything that's going on in our world, and he's involved in everything that's going on in your life. God is powerful. God is creator and sustainer. And so so why does he rest? Well, listen, we know from Psalm 121, we know from the whole of Scripture and the character of God, it's not because he needs to. It's not because God was grinding away in creation, and maybe he got to the red rocks in Sedona and the whole vortex thing. And he said, man, that was harder than I thought. I need to take a day off. Like, I didn't realize the, the red rocks and, and weaving into that, the vortex. If you've never been to Sedona, you should find out about the vortex. Google it, not now, later. That maybe God said, well, uh, that's, that's hard, Grand Canyon, all these things. Maybe I need to take a day off. I'm tired. That's not why God rested. We know that because of God's character. God rested not because he needed it, but because we need it. God rested not because he needed it, but because we need it. Because we need to see a model of rest, and we get that directly from God. Now, you need to see the significance of this. We need to put ourselves in this context. Remember, we're in Exodus 20. So a lot has happened before Exodus 20. Uh, The big story, we don't have time to catch you up on all of it today, but the big story is that God rescues the Israelites out of slavery. They'd been in slavery for several hundred years. And the story of Exodus is one of rescue and redemption. God brings them out of slavery. That's where we get the word redemption. He sets them free. He buys them out and makes them his people. And then he begins to give them rules and ways of living and rhythms of living. That's the Ten Commandments. And you got to think about that. These guys had been slaves. Their parents had been slaves. Their grandparents had been slaves. All they knew was slavery. Now, do slaves get a day off? No, right? They don't get a day off. They don't get to rest. And so as God lays this out, this is really amazing. God is laying something out for the Israelites that they've never experienced before. Do you see that? He's giving them a new way of life that it's gonna be marked by freedom, by rest. That you're a new people, you're my people, and maybe before you never took a day off, you never rested, that's all changing because I have set you free and I'm gonna give you rest. You see, here's what's what's amazing about rest is that when the Israelites rested, When you and I rest, we're not just rediscovering the fountain of youth, right? We're imaging the God of the universe. We're pointing back to a God who who sets us free from our sin, who has redeemed us, who's given us a new life and the blessing of rest. When you, Christian, when you rest, you are imaging your creator. That rest is about a lot of things. It is something that helps you be more efficient. But that's not the ultimate point of it. That rest is something that replenishes your mind and your body. But that's not the ultimate point either. That the ultimate point of rest is God. That's why all of our points today have God in them. 
God makes us to rest. God models rest. God moves in our rest. Why? Because rest is more than just about us. It's more than about just setting up a a healthy balance in your life or whatever you read on Self Magazine, right? It's bigger than that. You are imaging God when you rest. The Exodus chapter 30, it talks about that rest is a sign. That it's a sign. What do signs do? They point to something, right? So rest is a sign, and it's pointing to God. It's pointing us to God, helping us remember God rescued us, God loves us, God's good. It's pointing us to that truth, but it's not just pointing us to that truth. It's pointing a world to that truth. Why can you rest? I mean, shouldn't you be doing something right now? It's Sunday. I mean, shouldn't you be getting ready for your week, checking email, and doing all those things? Like, why are you resting, believer in Jesus? Why would you do that? And that you're able to say, listen, God made me to rest. God modeled rest. That he actually set it up this way, and and I'm going to get a lot done this week. I'm going to work. I'm going to be good at my job. But I'm going to do it the way God designed it. You point to God. You image him when you rest. God models rest, and that's something we see over and over and over. So why rest? God made us to rest. God models rest for us. The third reason why we rest is God moves in our rest. Look at the second part of verse 11 with me. It says this, Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. And so God models rest, but he also blesses it. Again, if you go back to Genesis and the creation account, over and over what it says is God creates something and then he calls it good. God creates and then he says it's good. God creates, at one point he says, it's very good. And so God models rest, but he also blesses rest. That he steps back and says, this is a good thing. That God takes pleasure in his creation. Even us. God creates and then he rests because he takes pleasure Because he can look at all the work he has done and he's satisfied with it. So he stops and he takes rest because it's a blessing to rest. But it's not just a blessing for God. He invites us into that blessing. That's why it says, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day. He made it holy for the Israelites, for us to experience that blessing of rest that God experienced as well. So Sabbath rest is a good thing, which is why Some of the arguments that we have about this fourth commandment are are just silly, to be honest with you. Some of our arguments about the fourth commandment are, does this apply to Christians today? I mean, the Sabbath was in the Ten Commandments. That was the Old Testament, Old Covenant. We're in the New Covenant. I mean, does this really apply to us today? And listen, we're going to address some of that next week. But I don't even like the tone of that conversation (laughs) Because it implies that Sabbath rest is a burden, not a blessing. Do you see that? It implies that this is some restraining rule upon us that God did to limit us. That couldn't be further from the truth. That couldn't be further from the character of God. That God says, this is good. I'm going to rest. I'm going to bless this day. I'm going to invite you into that blessing. This is a good thing. It's not a burden. As you look at the flow of the Ten Commandments, you even see that. 
The first three commandments are essentially this. There's one God, you worship him. You don't worship anybody else. You worship the one true God. The very next command, the first thing God gives us beyond worship me is rest. And so maybe you've had those arguments of like, is this really meant to us, for us? I mean, should we take a whole day, half day? Does it really matter? I mean, don't judge me if I'm working on the Sabbath. And we've gone down that road, and you need to know you're missing the whole point. It's a blessing. Again, some of you who don't believe in Jesus yet, you're not sure of what you believe. Maybe you think about texts like this and these commandments, and you think, God is so restrictive. God is holding me back with all these rules and regulations. Listen, he's telling you to take a day off. That's so restrictive, isn't it? Take a day off. Worship me, take a day off. Why would God limit us so much, right? We need to reframe the conversation, amen? That rest is not a burden, it's a blessing. That God commands it, that he's laid it out as a rhythm for us to fall into and that we experience that blessing when we do that. So if that's the case, if it is a blessing, why do so many of us treat it like a burden, right? I mean, maybe some of you have, have thought that before, like, God, I got to take this day off, and I have so many other things to do. Like, I don't really want to do that. And you just feel uncomfortable with rest. Maybe even driving in your car, you just feel uncomfortable with, with rest, with stillness, with quiet. I'll prove it to you. We're uncomfortable with this. Even if I'm just quiet now, it will make you feel uncomfortable. Here we go. It's uncomfortable, right? It's bugging some of you. Is he going to really say something? We don't like this. We don't like stillness. We don't like quiet. No, we flip on the radio. We flip on the TV. We begin to fret about our day. We look at our iCal. We pull up our to-do list. Every waking minute we think, maybe I should see if Facebook has anything to say right now. I have five seconds at the stoplight. What else could I do? We're so uncomfortable with this idea of rest. Could it be that we're seeing it all wrong? That we're missing this great gift, this great blessing that God has given you and me? It's a gift. It's a blessing. Listen, I don't know if you've been burned by the church or burned by Christianity, and you thought it was a religion, and some rules to follow, it's not that. We have a God who invites us into relationship. And he definitely gives us commands on how to operate in that relationship for our good, but this is a blessing, not a burden, and we need to act like that. We need to be uncomfortable and be still and quiet and rest and develop that rhythm in our lives. Again, we're gonna talk way more about how to do that over the next few weeks, but we have to address the fact that we see it as a burden and not a blessing, and that's That's off. God has given us rest as a blessing. And and I think the reason why we rebel even against something like rest is because God is teaching us something about our heart. Romans 7 talks about Paul, the apostle, talks about that what he wants to do, he doesn't do. What he doesn't want to do, he does do. So if you just consider that, that's, that's bad things that we do, 
But that's also good things that we're supposed to do, that God's given us as a gift, that even we look at those things and we say, no, God, maybe I'm going to go another way. And we even rebel against that, that God is teaching us something about our heart through the Sabbath, that God moves in our rest, that he's teaching us, even in something like the Sabbath, about the story of redemption. He's teaching the Israelites. He's reminding them about the story of their redemption out of slavery, that he's saying, set aside this time to rest because I'm good, because I love you, because I set you free, that you rebel, but God sets us free, that God teaches us that through rest. Every time you take a rest, you're reminded that God has rescued you, that God moves in your rest. I don't know how many times in my life I'm just grinding away on my to-do list, going a million miles an hour. I have three kids. We have a church and all these things. And I'm grinding away, and I'm going and blowing. And deep in my heart, lodged in my heart, is, is pride, is bitterness, is sin. And if I never, by the power of the Spirit, if I never discipline myself to stop and rest, I'll never remember God is good. He loves me. He rescued me out of my sin. I don't have to go to this sin, this bitterness. I can go to thankfulness and humility. That's never cultivated if we don't rest. Why? Because God blessed the Sabbath day. He made it holy. That it's meant to be a way that he reminds not only the Israelites, but us who he is, what he has done, what he wants to do in your life. I don't know about you, but when I'm in a hurry, when I'm fast-tracking my week, when I'm driving down the road, my natural disposition in my heart is not thankfulness. It's not remembrance of all God has done. Maybe that's just me. But I don't know about you, but my natural tendency isn't to be thankful and, and God, thank you so much for rescuing me and thank you so much that you're good. No, my natural tendency as I'm driving is to cut people off, is to complain, Because we're running so hard and we never stop to remember how God has moved. That's why he gives us rest, to show us that. Oftentimes, we miss this, don't we? We miss that God works when we rest. That God moves when we stop moving. How many times have you experienced that? That's what God has intended for rest. It's a gift. It's a blessing. God moves when we rest. If you don't believe me... Look at Chick-fil-A. Closed one day a week, but still brings home more profit every year than McDonald's. Amen. Hallelujah. Chick-fil-A. Now, I don't know if we can trace all that back to God. I think some of it's the peanut oil, right? I think some of that chicken sandwich is just heavenly. I I, I don't know how all that works, but, but there's something going on here. God is blessed. God is moving in our rest. He works when you rest. He moves when you stop moving. Isn't that amazing that we serve a God like that? He's not trying to hold you back. He's trying to move in your life in a mighty way through our rest. And so here's what I know. We need to learn what this means. The reason why we're doing four weeks on a few verses is because we don't know how to rest. The reason why we're starting today to talk about why we rest and why we don't rest is because we need to stop and consider this. 
It's a command. It's not a suggestion. And so we need to learn how to rest. I need to learn how to rest. I'm not immune to this. I heard a quote recently. A pastor, the quote said this, a pastor who's always available won't be available for long. Now you just take out pastor and put whatever your vocation is in there. Like a student who's always available, you never take a break, you never rest, you won't be available for long. You're not gonna last. You're not gonna run this race that God has set before you. That a programmer who's always available won't be available for long. That a teacher who's always available won't be available for long. That a mom who's always available never takes a rest, you won't be available for long. Why? Because God made you to rest. God set up a rhythm of rest. He modeled it for you. He moves in it. And so I'm not immune to this. You aren't either. There are no exceptions to this rule. A friend of mine and professor at Phoenix Seminary said this. I thought it was so good. He said, every occupation has its own trauma on the soul. Think about that. Every occupation, no matter what you do, I know it's varying degrees, but every occupation, if you just work, if you just grind, if you just white knuckle it, it has a trauma on the soul. And so God gifts us with rest to remember him, to worship him, to work well, to honor him with our work, with our families. No matter what stage of life you're in, no matter your career, God has set it up this way. Nobody's the exception. Don't miss this. God has designed you to work and then to rest, to work and then to rest. We're going to go over that rhythm over these next four weeks. And, and here's why. Um, I, I don't know if you caught this, and I'm going to tell you now, so uh, you're going to catch it. But the rhythm of even our sermon series this year, as I thought about and prayed about through this year and planned out our sermon series, we started off, if you were with us, with pray first. And we had a prayer journal, and we just walked through like, man, if we want to see anything happen in our lives, we got to pray, and we got to pray first. And then we spent nine weeks going through the book of Nehemiah. What is Nehemiah about? Built, built. Right? Nehemiah prays all the way through that. It's woven through that. And so we have pray first, and then we have build, and now we're going through a series on rest. That's not a bad rhythm for your life. That's intentional for you, that you would see that rhythm of I need to pray, I need to build, and then I need to rest. And you would hit repeat over and over and over because that's the way God designed us. And so listen, here's my prayer for you as your pastor. Here's why we're taking four weeks to go through Sabbath rest is that I don't want for you just an amazing quarter where you're crushing it at work. I want a lifetime of work that honors God, that's on mission for him, where you are pointing, you are imaging to the people you work with, to the people in the cube next to you, to the people in your classes, where you are imaging God for the rest of your life, where you're that sign when it comes to rest, pointing to who God is and to what he's done for you. I don't want you to just kill it for a quarter. I want you to do this for a lifetime, have work that honors God. I want that for your life. And I want that for our church. I don't want a church, I don't want a story that says, hey, amazing job, ramping up, getting a church off the ground for three years. You guys crushed it. You ran really hard. You had some great Easter's. You sweated. It was exhausting. Like, you guys crushed it. You're here three years as a church. I don't want that for you. 
I don't want that for us. I want something greater than that for us. I want a lifetime of ministry. I want a legacy of love moving in the city of Phoenix and beyond through you and through me and through your kids for a lifetime that it will be a legacy that we would leave behind, that Phoenix Bible Church will be rooted. Can you picture this? Rooted in our community, making much of Jesus after we're long gone. Listen, that only happens in our church. That only happens in our life if we figure out this, if we figure out how to Sabbath and rest. Why? Because that's how God set it up. We won't get anywhere grinding away, grinding away, disregarding, disobeying the fourth commandment. God has blessed this rest, and we need to take attention to that individually, as families, as a church. That's my prayer for you as we start this series. And listen, as we do that, it's going to take some work to get there, right? Ironically, you're going to have to work so you can rest. And I don't mean just work during the week at your job. I mean, you're going to have to think about this. You're going to have to really consider and prayerfully consider, God, as a family, are we imaging you through our rest? Are we stepping into this rhythm of work and then rest, work and then rest? Or have we stepped out a long time ago? You're going to have to prayerfully consider that. You're going to have to pursue rest and prepare for it. And so I would invite you to do that beginning today, that you would take a few moments and reflect and look at your life. God, am I resting in you? Am I setting aside time to worship you? Am I trusting you with rest because it's a gift? Spend some time thanking God for rest. Listen, some of you, your first step today is you need to sing. You need to celebrate that God gives us a commandment to take a day off. Amen? Like that's something to celebrate. That's something to rest in even this morning, to thank God for, to practice that in our hearts this morning. So take steps, pursue rest, prepare for rest as we go through this series. That's my heart for you, for me, that we would come out of this as a restful people, imaging our creator to an onlooking world. Let's pray together. Father, I do thank you for this gift of rest. Help us not to miss it today. Help us not to miss it even amongst our busyness and the things that we have to go and do and pick up the kids and kids' ministry and go to lunch and go to a baby shower and go to a birthday party and all these things that are on our list and get ready for the week. Help us not to miss Sabbath rest. We're here in church to experience Sabbath rest as we worship you, so help us not to miss this great gift of Sabbath God, I do pray for our church. We are almost three years in, and you have done an amazing work. But I don't believe you're done yet. And I believe that that if we operate in this rhythm of rest, God, you will bless that for years to come, that we would have a legacy of love moving in the city of Phoenix because we, we worked and we rested. God, may you lead us down that path as individuals and as a church, and may we celebrate you and rest amidst our work, even this morning as we sing. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.